Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Paul Listnick Behind the Curtain, my chance to step away from the worlds of politics and law that I cover on television and kick back with some fun stuff that we always get to do here on the WGN Radio podcast. Today, we talk about a Mel Brooks classic, um, and it is Young Frankenstein, and I, I call it a Mel Brooks classic because, especially in the production going on now at Mercury Theater Chicago, this production is really pretty true. Mel would be pleased if he was sitting in the audience and watching it. Let me introduce the cast to you who is joining me today. So happy everybody could join us. Playing Dr. Frankenstein, I suppose, or Frankenstein, he comes around to the proper way of thinking, is my old friend Sean Fortunato, who, um, by the way, was joined me when he was doing Damn Yankees, where he played Applegate. And uh, I love the fact that, Sean, your background includes so much Shakespeare, so much stuff. And then I get to talk to you when you're doing not that stuff. Uh, <laughs> And Mary Robin Roth, who plays um, Frau Brucher. <laughs> Thank you. I was ask Julian to cue the horses, but you gave it to me, which is so classic. And I so love that that is part of the production we get at Mercury. And Mary Robin, when you and I were last together, of course, you were playing um, uh, Fraulein Schneider in, in one of the most incredible productions of Cabaret that's ever been done. I mean, it's just, and I don't know, Sean or Andrew, if you've seen it, but it Loved was it. absolutely Loved stunning. It. And there was no question in my mind that a, a, a Jeff award was waiting for you, Mary Robin. Indeed, you got it. And um, I paid off a few judges, but I went, you need to give this woman <laughs> the award. And I'm glad it worked. And also joining me is the monster himself, which I wanted you to meet because on stage, he's so incredibly talented, but we get this monster kind of performance and there's so much more to him um mm -hmm. and that is andrew mcnaughton and and you too andrew um of course you were in clue with the mercury so i have seen you before but you were in shrek an american in paris sweeney at theo ubuque from a million years ago by the way a cool thing about theo ubuque as you know is you can get dinner ahead of time and the dinner is always tied to what the theme of the show is mm -hmm. sweeney todd it was meat pies i skipped the dinner that night <laughs> 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 what we were in for. Let's talk about Young Frankenstein, which is playing at Mercury Theater through December 31st. Sean, let me come to you because you would, oh, by the way, just in case you're not thinking I'm actually a Mel Brooks fan or I don't know anything about Young Frankenstein, I'm going to hold this up. I've got a green screen here, but this is a book called The Making of Young Frankenstein, and it's signed by Mel Brooks. So uh, we actually have the, I, it's not going to show up in there, but yes, a signed copy uh, by Mel Brooks of The Making of Young Frankenstein. So, but Sean, tell the audience, viewers who, for whatever reason, don't know this show. I can't, can't imagine why, but what's this all about? Uh, it's a story about, uh, uh, well, I play Dr. Frederick Frankenstein, the grandson of uh, the famed experimenter who uh, I don't really believe brought a creature to life. Uh, and I'm when he passes, I travel to Transylvania to settle his affairs and get sucked into the similar life that he led. And hilarity ensues and hilarity ensues it's a great tribute to the horror films while at the same time uh parodying them poking fun at them uh but with with love yeah yeah and of course it's a role for people who know the movie gene wilder created this role this is a question i need to ask all of you because such classic people played your roles i'll get to that question in just a moment but first mary robin let me come to you i guess with that because of course cloris leachman who was known for this role in the film um but you just i'll tell you what you blow this thing away i get another jeff award ready because you just blow this thing away what do you do to prepare i mean when you were when you were fraulein schneider you just live these roles well, it's 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 interesting. Um, I have a, an elderly woman. She's now since passed. But she was from Germany, 
And when I got the role of Fraulein Schneider, I had her record my lines Mm. so that I could have the exact accent that she had. And so I, I, I knew that accent because I really studied her tapes. So coming to Fla, Fla Rucker, I, I was able to, you know, get that German accent in. But what was so much fun with Frau Blucher is you can just be crazy, you know, and over the top, you know, which is so great. Whereas, you know, um, Schneider was a little more serious, but now I can be just wild. And when you get that number, he was my boyfriend. I mean, that just brings the house down. Uh, You know what? I'm sure people are looking at what's behind you. We talked before we came on, but that indeed is a scene from Young Frankenstein. It's this sort of silhouette thing. What is that all about? Yeah, it's my favorite photo of the photo shoot that we had. Um, It's the shadow screen and it's the opening uh, after the overture. And Igor is to my left. Well, and um and it's just it's just shows the dramatic uh you know the spooky sort mm-hmm. of put you down in that the flavor of what's coming up what's coming next i just it's my one of my favorite photos i love so. yeah it's great Thanks. Andrew, with no photo behind you. No, you actually do have some photos behind you, but we, we need a tour of what's going on. But um, <laughs> so you get, I mean, I don't know. I would argue you have one of the most challenging roles in the show because it's not about the, well, you do have lines, but anyway, the, the, you know, of course, Peter Boyle, who played this character in the movie, which for me was sort of an iconic portrayal. Did that impact you? I sort of asked, told everybody, you sort of have these people who played it that, are you worried about comparisons or did you just say, no, the heck with that. This is, this is Andrew McNaughton doing this now. Yeah, I, I feel like they are they are the greats, right? Like they are people that we look at and we say, oh, yes, they were wonderful. And I take upon that and I add to it rather than letting it completely influence my performance because you can't ignore what they did was phenomenal. So you have to say, this was phenomenal. How can I add to that? So obviously I do take things and I'll take from this and take from that and try my best to do my own interpretation of the role as well. And as I remember, it's been a while since I've watched the movie, but yeah. there are some some things that you do. And also, even in the way you the number putting on the Ritz again, such a, another classic number for in this show. But also, with the, you're not it's not 100 percent to Peter Boyle. They're, they're, you kind of, I don't know if you're directed that way or you're doing your own thing. How did you did Walter Stearns, the director, did he say, just have some fun with this, Andrew, do what you want? Or did he kind of direct you in? Now, the second time you say that line, I want you to do it this way. Yeah, I just kind of, I just played with it. You know, I think that's kind of the vibe that we have in rehearsals. And Brenda Didier, our choreographer, who's incredible, also gave that liberty of, you know, try this, try that. Because we didn't want to keep it completely like it was. But I think it was kind of fun to play with it and try different things with it and to see what would stick and what would land and what wouldn't. And I, I think I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I think that's the joy of theater, right? It's live. We get to change it up a bit. So I think that's the fun thing about it. And you're all triple threats, but in the world of triple threat for dancing, where does that fall for you, Andrew? Because, of course, th- this is very special sort of when you get into the tap and things. It's it, we're, you know, for people who don't know the show, we're surprised to see the monster do that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for for me, this role is kind of all over the place, right? Like he doesn't have any lines until the very end spoiler and he doesn't sing until the very end spoiler. But it's kind of one of those things where it's fun to explore the physicality and trying to express the different characters. And then at this point, Frederick Frankenstein, for putting on the Ritz, decides to teach him how to walk, how to talk and how to be a sophisticated man about town. So this is when the physicality throughout the entire song shifts for the monster. So for me as a as a performer, it really gets to dive into that triple threat aspect and really enjoy the the dance part of it as well, which is really exciting for me as a performer to get to explore. Oh, yeah. For and sure. Sean, for you, I guess that same kind of question about having had Gene Wilder do it in the movie and Roger Bart, who, of course, is, is amazing, do it on Broadway. I don't know if you, I did see the Broadway show. I don't know if you saw it. But um, any influence there or because I think we I think we get Sean. Yeah, I think we, I, I mean, I, I try and give it Sean, but I'm such an admirer of uh, Gene Wilder, uh, not just in this, but in everything I've seen him do, um, that he, there, his spirit is certainly there. That's what I, that's what I link on to. There's a, a joy and a fearlessness that he has, that he brings to everything that inspires me. And uh, I would say that it's more of his spirit than, oh, I'm going to do this take that he does or this line delivery that he does but try and capture a spirit as best I can. And, you know, to me, having seen you in Applegate most recently at Marriott, and then this, there is something I think you bring to these roles, and they're perfect for these roles. It's this likability and audience connection thing that Applegate had to do with Damn Yankees. Technically, in Applegate, I guess you're a bad guy, right, uh, in Damn Yankees, but arguably. But, but you know, and here, Frankenstein, depending on how people view Frankenstein, how depending on how they view you, they could see you as maybe not a good... But there's a likability about you. Is that part of... Again, is that Sean, or is that something you say, no, when I do these roles, that that is critical here? Or is that directed? Um, I guess you should ask them if that's part of me or I not. I think it's Sean. Yeah. He's a very <laughs> likable person in, in just as Sean Fortunato. <laughs> Just yeah. a very uh, kind and generous and plays the truth. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's very truthful. Very truthful. And, yeah. So it's typecasting. <laughs> yeah. I, will, I will say that that's something th- that I think has been a strength for the, for, for our cast is that, and, and it's something that, well, you've read the, uh, the behind the scenes uh, yeah. stuff from the show that, that they all talk about, playing the honesty of the moment and playing the incredible sincerity and commitment to the truth and that that their commitment to those things in these high stakes situation is what makes it so funny that if we were just making faces and it wasn't connected to anything then i don't think that people would enjoy it mm-hmm. yeah and by the way just a shout out character igor played by ryan i mean he's just I don't know if you guys read your reviews and stuff. Reviews have been great, but just there's been a lot of attention too on him and just how he, you know, uh, in in so many ways, just what do they say? Chew the scenery or whatever you say, you know, you sort of say he's just such a a great, great job in doing that. And Mary Robin, let me ask you, I mean, there has to be some pressure. This is a Mel Brooks show. And, um, and so you can't, you can't take Mel Brooks out of it. You can't, you know, as I said, I think Mel Brooks would love this production if he saw it. But in what way through the direction of Walter, maybe Eugene, the musical director, but in what way, is the Mel Brooks feeling there? Is, is there constant reference to, well, here's how Mel would see it or whatever? Or once again, are we getting the Stearns and, and Eugene pro, 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 uh, production here and we're not, we don't worry so much about Mel Brooks? I personally, I didn't worry about the Mel Brooks uh, I, because I don't want to, I don't want to copy. I mean, yes, the flavor is already there. The Mel Brooks yeah. flavor. I just have to embellish it and I have to, 
personally find my connection to that, mm-hmm. Mary Robbins' connection to that, and Frau Blucher's connection. Um, you, you know, I'm not into imitating or uh, any of that. I, I, it has to be my. Yeah. It has to belong to me. And that yeah. works. Thank mm-hmm. you. And, and, and Andrew, in playing, in, in, in doing your role, I guess the same kind of thing, what kind of preparation? I mean, because again, you have to be, unlike the other ones who can say, well, I'll just memorize my lines and I'll do a great job with my lines. But, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure when your first line actually shows up on what page of the script it is. But you've right. got an awful lot to do where you just have to be able to take some focus and some attention by just being there and grunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it, it took, um, at first I was like, going through the script and going, oh, yes. And in between the lines, there's a stage direction that says grunt or roar. I was wondering about that. So that's what it says. Okay. So it says that. So you kind of have to, that's there. So, you know, you kind of take it. And what I did is I would create a line that the monster would be thinking or saying. And so the intention is there. And sometimes I would talk to my other castmates and be like, this is what my intention is in this moment. If this helps you, if this doesn't, then let it go. But this is kind of where I'm going with this. And it kind of helps some scenes move. And it, 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 I think it was like a rough draft to help me as a performer really help me go through the scenes and go, oh, yes, this is my intention here. And this is what I'm doing here kind of thing. And Sean, how do you when you see Andrew doing his thing? Do you in character, what, what was your, did you sort of say, I kind of step back from this and let him do his thing? Did you, did you say, well, we're a partnership here. You know what I'm saying? When, so here he's doing it. You don't know what he's going to do because the script is very, you know, uh, uh, not clear about just, it says grunt. And then here he brings all this fantastic stuff. What was going on in your head as you're first working out the rehearsal process with him? Well, it's funny to think about the fact that he doesn't have lines until late because I don't think of it that way because I feel like I'm having a conversation with this character because he's the way he communicates is usually really clear to me, unless there's times where uh, where my character is not supposed to be understanding it. But most of the time, it feels like we're having a conversation, even if he's only making noises. So, yeah. And Mary Robin, so you, of course, we learn a lot about the townspeople thanks to you uh, and, and what they're doing on. What this ensemble cast is just so amazing. Um, and I'm thinking, Mary Robin, I think I'm hearing lines that I don't remember from the movie, the Broadway. I don't want to give things away because they're funny, but I'll just say one line about a gay bar, uh, for example. I'm not remembering that before. Is there some lines that got added in here? They they, they bring the house down, but I don't remember them. Uh, no, I don't think that was added, was it? I was, don't anybody, think... was it added? I I don't think so. I got to go back. Okay, think... maybe it was there and I just never, I'm going to go I mean, back. There are, things, there are certainly things that were added uh, to the to the musical from the film. So that's not in the film, but, uh, but the material the that you hear is going to be things that, have, that uh, are part of the script. There's a couple of times where there's a little bit of freedom with ad libs, which yeah. certainly seems like it's in the spirit of the piece. But for the most part, what you're hearing is from the script, yeah. And the reason I, I raised the question is because I know that when a script gets released, for more general use. In other words, after Broadway, like, for example, I recently saw what the Constitution means to me, very different thing than we're talking about here, but there are script changes in it. And so in exploring that, I found out that, yes, once they decided to release it for production around the country, they made some additional changes and and did some things that then have to be standard around the country. So I began to wonder, because I haven't really seen Young Frankenstein produced since Broadway until you guys, at least I haven't. And so I kind of wondered were there actual script changes made as it then went out 
I don't know when that happened, but again, you know, things that are funny today and references might not have been so funny five or six years ago. Um, and maybe there were things that were in the original script that we don't find funny today just because our sensibilities change, Sean, right? I mean, just things, there's just things you can't joke about today that you could joke about mm. you know, years ago. And Mel Brooks certainly crossed all those lines. Go see the producers. Absolutely. Uh, I will say we're doing uh, the Chicago premiere of the London adaptation, which is after they did it on Broadway, when they did it in London, they continued, Mel Brooks continued working on it. And there are changes from the Broadway production. So it's going to be different from any other production that's been seen in, in, uh, in the States, I think we might even be doing the first. Uh, I'm not, I'm not positive about that, about that, but I know it is the first time in Chicago that this version of the script is being done. There you go. And that may explain everything that, that I kind of, yeah. wondered about. so glad you're here. Um, and, and Mary Robin, talk about the rehearsal process as you guys, you know, sit down as an ensemble because it, it, everybody works so well together. And, um, I mean, you've got, you know, the guy who played Tom Sawyer and Tom, you know, Mercury brings back some favorites, uh, into the production and, and there's just such a blending of the cast. And of course, you show up and just, I mean, look, uh, to me, you're kind of that, and I would all due respect to Sean and Andrew, but you kind of in that theater royalty level for me uh, in Chicago. Oh, when you're in a show, you just kind of give a nod to it, and I don't see either of them fighting me on that description. Oh, thank you so much. Everyone gives 110% from the day one in rehearsals. Everybody just jumped right in and just got on that train and moved forward. And we're still doing that. We're still on the train moving forward. And it's just, it's so great to to watch everybody give 110%. They give everything. And, and well, you're playing till December 31st. So you've got time to ride that train. And the other thing I've got to tell you, Andrew, and I know you were in Clue, but I made the comment. Here's the thing. Among the Mel Brooks things, Young Frankenstein wasn't at the top of my list, but I'm, well, of course, I got to see this and whatever. And I walked out that night. I was with a colleague from WGN Radio, Steve Dale, and we both walked out saying, this was amazing. So it, it, again, that's about being a, a Mercury Theater production. But one of the things I noticed, I don't know who's making the budgets, but they spare no expense in putting this set together. This is one of the most intricate sets I've seen at at um, Mercury. Yeah, it's it's. Thanks for saying that. That's a wonderful thing to say about the production. And I just think it, it, they they give it their all. You know, they say, uh, I think they continue to say it. Walter says it all the time, you know, small theater, big dreams, which is exactly what it is. You know, they they give it their all. And they were still adding value to the production. Even during previews, they were adding multiple lights during putting on the Ritz. And now we have incredible lights during Ritz that we didn't have like the day before, you know, they keep giving. And that's what I love about Mercury Theatre Chicago is that they really do love the craft. They love theater and they love giving it their all. Yeah. And, and the staff even them. wears young Frankenstein white coats. <laughs> right. I think I told them they need to be selling those um, <laughs> because people would buy them. Uh, yeah. So they really play it to the play it to the hill. Sean, you perform, so you've all performed in many, many theaters around, but just in looking in, at some of the things you've done, what is it that's sort of different about being in a, a, a the Mercury Theater production than maybe the way you get directed at, at Marriott or, or some of the other places that you've done some of the Shakespeare stuff, Shakespeare's? Um, it's, it's wonderful to get to do a big musical like this and yet still feel intimate. Like, even though there's, you know, 200 and whatever seats, there, it still feels like people are never too far away. So we get the immediate response. Uh, it, we feel it more. We feel the response from the audience more, uh, uh, from, uh, you know, not only quicker, but fuller. 
Like they're closer and they're cl- when there's that many people, when it feels like they're more in a big room, then uh, they feed off each other and we feed off them and it just makes it more exciting. Do you prefer the proscenium style rather than the Marriott, or, or, you know, in the round? Um, there, there are different, different challenges and different, uh, you know, thrills about both. Uh, so it's, it's not, for me, it's not uh, a preference there. It may be moment to moment. Oh, I wish this moment would be more fun if it were in the in a proscenium or in the round, but, but overall I enjoy, I, I enjoy performing in all kinds of spaces. Yeah. Speaking of playing to the left, by the way, when I was there, uh, I didn't come opening night. I could make it. I, I was there last on a Saturday night. And, um, and, and, and Mary Robin, this woman who sat in front of me must have thought she was seeing the bride of Frankenstein, or at least she wants to be in the bride of Frankenstein because she had that Elsa Lanchester hairdo thing going right. on. So I went back out to the, I says, I have got to change my seats because I got the bride of Frankenstein sitting in front of me and you can't anyway. So I, I changed my seat. Um, <laughs> but it was basically sold out that night. So they were like, Paul, we're trying to help you here, but there's not a lot here. Um, but, you know, especially in your number, the boyfriend number, because, of course, you've got to keep the rhythm. You're, you've got the orchestra behind you and you got to stay with it. But the laps are so heavy. How do you manage playing the laps but not losing the timing, the rhythm, the beat? Is that is that a challenge or maybe not? Well, um, it, it is a timing thing, you know, and you have to listen to the laugh and see the crest of the laugh. Is it coming down? And then I can jump in. When I, when I feel the crest coming down, but it, I know who you're talking about. I think she had a brain on her lap. Didn't she? I think oh, I don't she, know. I, I, I was not happy. So I just kind of moved. I, was she, she one was of those, Phil? Hitting, yeah. She had a brain in her, in a jar on her lap. So. Okay. So look, there's no bigger fan. And if she's watching this right now, please go again and again. Just sit in the back row. <laughs> <laughs> So, and how did you see? <laughs> how it did was, you see that, Mary? Did you like see her in the audience? She, you saw that. Yes, she was right there, and I saw this brain that looked like the brain that was on the stage. <laughs> well, I collect props, so you know if you can steal me one of the brains that's on the stage, I you know I add it to the prop collection. I, Lord knows, I have an original Zero Mustel drawing that he did of himself <laughs> as Tevia. So we got to uh-huh. do that. Uh, Andrew, does the, does the, what about you playing off the audience? Because again, so much of what you do in the grunts, are, are you, how do you play off the audience laps? Right. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things where we, we talked about this as well, where I think the monster becomes aware more and more and more of the audience, especially at the end of act one. I don't want to give anything away, but he becomes aware of the audience. So it's kind of one of those things where I kind of play with that as well, where they're part of it and he's involving them and he's aware of that. So it's kind of like what Mary Robin just said. It's kind of like you just kind of from that point, you listen to them on the on the decrescendo of their laughs and you kind of jump in and you kind of join with them. You're not But, but when you've got a song, you you can't forget you got the, the the band is behind you. You can't right? And I don't know. I don't are there yeah, monitors? I know you're normally I kind of look around I didn't look for this, but I, are you seeing Eugene in in conducting or are you just going with the sound? Yes, we do have one monitor on our uh we we look uh to the right and we see him. So at least we have him there, you know, and he can see us. So um that does help a lot. And so there are certain moments where he can communicate with us, especially if there's you know, laughter in that sense or roars or whatever. Oh, so he can, he can adjust a little bit. Yes. Yes. 
Okay. And he's the best. So that, that's easy to do. Yes. It's funny that you said you don't want to give anything away. I'm very conscious of not giving things away. And the story I love to tell is when I interviewed the story of Dear, uh, the cast of Dear Evan Hansen. And mm-hmm. I said, I don't want to give it away. And they said, yeah, please don't mention, this is before we were up, please don't mention that Connor dies. I'm like, he dies in the first three <laughs> seconds of the show. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what are we keeping from people that they don't need? The whole show is about the fact that he's gone, but okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and Sean, your character again, you, it's, it's more mild mannered, right? I mean, and, and than some of the craziness you have surrounding you, but I, I almost see, yeah, it, it's almost like you're kind of the, this isn't fair, but I, I can't think of a better way to word it right now, but almost like the straight man, uh, as you're playing to, to so many of these comedic people who, who are behind you. Is that what's in your head? Are you saying, you know, I, I mean, I mean, you're funny as well, but is it like, no, I don't mind being the straight, I don't mind letting the laughs go to that character. There is something uh, structurally that where he is more of the straight man, but he certainly does get his. Um, oh, you absolutely have your moments. Wackier moments, and that's something that I think that not uh, that not every straight man gets. But he, it's a straight man that was originally played by Gene Wilder in a Mel Brooks Gene Wilder script. Um, so even the straight men have their wacky sides, and it's fun to let those out. But it's also fun just to ride on this adventure with these other crazy characters oh yeah now of course mary robin and sean when you leave the theater people sort of like oh you know i'm I'm sure when if they're still waiting they know you were great and they want to tell you that andrew do people know it's you when you leave (laughs) that's a good point Uh, green on so you can say i was the guy doing that most of the time it takes me about like 25 minutes uh to leave the theater just to take all the makeup off and then by the time i walk out it's pretty quiet (laughs) pretty dead like nobody's really there anymore (laughs) Uh, yeah, this week, you know, it's it's Halloween week, so uh, I've decided to just take the makeup off at home, so now I can leave the theater, and I do see a lot of people, which is great, and this is the week to have all of it on, so yeah, it is it is it. very nice. Yeah, I saw By a friend. the way, and if you leave it on, what you might do is audition for Alphabet, because you're just a step away. Right? Right? I could. I could. <laughs> From doing that. Listening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hey, I'm curious for all of you, because again, you know, when I read your credentials, I, I, you know, I read all of this Shakespeare and all this classy stuff you do. And yet it always seems that, well, you're less likely to see me at the Shakespeare kind of thing than you are at, 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 at pretty much a lot of other things. I'm sorry. I, it's, I'm a bad boy that way. But, but Mary Robin, let me ask you, is there, do you sort of look, is it sort of like, do you love playing the comedy goofy stuff? And Cabaret was not that, but do you love playing these kind of more, um, look, when the lyric does its opera season, the show that makes them the most money is when they do the Broadway show, right? Mm-hmm. So they can bring people in for Figaro, but put on West Side Story and the house is filled. How do you feel in terms of doing these, you know, lighter shows versus the heavier shows that you all do? Um, well, that's an interesting question. Uh, I like them both. I, I just like the parts that you can, that I got some meat to them mm-hmm. where you can just, dig in to have some substance, whether it's comedy or drama. And and I think to play comedy, you, you kind of have to have some pain in your life. Mm. That's I, I, my philosophy. In order to play comedy, you have to know drama. It, it, they go hand in hand. Um, I just like meaty roles. I don't want this fluff stuff. <laughs> I like... I like to sink my whole life into it. Get some meat and chew and it. You do that. I've actually, I think most of us would agree. I, some of the finest dramatic actors were comedians. 
or mm-hmm. our comedians. There is something about that, you know, Billy Crystal. I mean, you know, we name some names, Jerry Lewis, even, you know, who could step into certain roles. Uh, remember when he was in, I just forgot the name of the, the, the show when he played kind of a mop when he was kidnapped. Uh, as a, as a, but anyway, they can do some dramatic roles that are amazing, even though we know them, you know, as a funny guy. How about you, Sean? You, because you do so much Shakespeare and serious stuff. Is this, is this like the break or is this even more fun for you? Um, the, it's funny because throughout the, the, they can attest to this that I, that I take it really seriously when I'm doing a comedy. It's not like I just go into a rehearsal and laugh the whole time. There is a lot of laughter, uh, in the process as we're finding things, but, there's also a lot of, uh, a lot of time spent, uh, doing the monotonous work of like drilling something over and over so that it stays funny. Uh, and there's a lot of, when you're working on a serious piece, there often has to be even more laughter in the rehearsal room just so you can get through it. Um, so I, I love that balance and it's something I do with my, with my life as far as what TV shows I'm watching. When I'm doing a show like this, I can be watching something like Succession or something that might otherwise bring me down. Um, but when I'm doing something heavier, then I need to be watching something that's lighter or more positive, like Ted Lasso or something like that, um, just so I have that balance in my life. I mean, well, you you know, the fact that you that you will be doing politics and then come to uh, come talk to us. Well, this so is that, why I'm happy. Yeah. And, you know, Andrew, I should have asked you this question. I talked to Sean about, you know, sort of playing the theater and he talked about the small theater. But, dude, you were at Theo. So in, when you're at Theo, you're actually in the audience. And, um, I mean, for that matter, you can stand right next to me at Theo and I'll go, hey, hi, Andrew. Uh, what, what, what do you do? Do you like this distance or do you, is there something about theater that, that, you know, I think some people love it. And some people are like, no, it's a little freaky when you're that close. Oh, yeah. No, I, the intimacy is I, I believe it's wonderful, especially in this space, because you really get to feed off of the audience and the audience is, feels like they're like they're right there with you. Sometimes when they're so far away, it's kind of hard to really feel the connection between the audience. Um, so like even yesterday, I, when I go out into the audience, there was a moment where I had an interaction with an individual and the individual's reaction to me it was hilarious to me. I didn't expect oh, what happened? that. What happened? They were genuinely terrified of me, which is so funny because i was like oh okay then you're terrified of me then i'll be terrible like, you know what i mean like it was that kind of thing so it's it, it, i think like being on a bad date <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's the joy that that's the joy of it is is getting the the it's it's all energy which i love you get to f- the feed 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 which is so fun especially with that kind of proximity you know do you once you put your makeup on do you you know we we know about certain broadway actors that when they're in character you can't break them out of their character that's who they are and it's this method acting thing they're doing stanislavski whatever they're doing but for you when you when you when you become the monster like if i see you backstage when you go hey hey paul how you doing are you like i am the monster right now and i cannot talk i mean no (laughs) i'm all good i'm still myself (laughs) how about the rest of you is that where are you on that mary i mean mary robin are you like no when i'm in character that's it you can't talk to me no, that's not me at all. I no, not at all. No, I can, Sean, I can what, separate. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Sean. Do no. You, you... no, I will say that there are certain times, like if you're about, not so much in this play, but depending on the character, that uh, sometimes I'll need particular focus right before doing a certain scene, where I'll need to get myself in the headspace of the character. So I'll just need like a little more time. But I certainly don't live in it and make the rest of the cast and crew have to live with whatever that character is. There's. Yeah. There's something to me that seems, um, I don't know, it, it feels like it doesn't feel like a Chicago move. It doesn't feel like an ensemble move to 
to wrap, wrap yourself so much in a character that you exclude experiences with the other cast members and taking them into consideration. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? You hear about certain Broadway actors that like on a two-show day or something like that, they, they never leave character, even in the hours that are in between the shows and that kind of stuff. And it's just, I mean, I, I'll respect that. Of course, I respect it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you kind of go, you're kind of taking yourself a little too seriously. <laughs> and it probably yeah, isn't man. healthy. It probably isn't good for them either. Like we, because we do this thing where, where there, I say this, that there are oftentimes where our bodies don't know the difference between when we're acting and when we're really in consternation or sick or stressed or so to do that to yourself, to live as this other person, um, I would imagine that would be hard on them too, physically. By the way, you talk about Chicago and all of that. So I, Mary Robin, you've done so many productions. As you know, so many Broadway shows do their pre-Broadway runs here, boop. Uh, but you can go back, kinky boots, I mean, just on and on with everything that comes to Chicago first. What do you find? I mean, Chicago audiences, and I know we all live here, but Chicago audiences, they're, they are diff- they are better, I think, than audiences almost anywhere else. I mean, New York is very touristy. I, I think you're right. I, I think it's a it's a family. It's a Midwest feel. I lived in New York for 10 years and I moved back to Chicago because I missed that Midwest feeling. Do, does that make sense? Where, you know, you go to your name, you borrow a cup of sugar, you know, that that feeling that I get from the audience and going back to Mercury. What's so great about that, that theater is I feel like I can reach my arm out and touch these people. That's that's how it feels to me. And that's and, that's and a great he does that, he scares the heck out of people. So there you go. <laughs> know. Exactly. By the way, do you all go my my stop before I go into the Mercury is at Candiality next door. Do you all have you all found Candiality? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, Sean, yeah. you're not no or you're not a candy guy? Uh, no, I'm uh, I'm a self-control guy who I'm afraid if I go in there, I'll have too much. Yeah. Yes, and 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 I do. And uh, But here's the thing, Sean. Go in there once and just get some chocolate because they can tell your fortune based on the chocolate that you buy. Okay, good to know. Good to know. And your candy personality, you know, it's it's good. <laughs> oh, that's what I mean. That's right. It's, it's the personality they're giving you. Mary Robin, you go in there, it's just me. <laughs> I and do. <laughs> and what I love is because I'll buy pop and I buy all this stuff, and then when I get to Mercury, they know me and stuff. But they're like, you know, you really shouldn't be bringing that stuff in here. I go, oh no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm bringing it to my car afterwards. Oh, okay. No, I'm just munching on. But no, I don't, I don't, I don't violate, I don't violate the rules. Well, guys, it is such a such a treat to talk to you guys. Young Frankenstein is really. I mean, I don't even care if you, if, if, if it, it wasn't my favorite Mel Brooks, and yet I would come and see this thing over and over again. This production is so well done. Walter and Eugene and Brenda, uh, who have worked so hard to make this happen. But you know what? It happens because of talent like you. The, 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 the credit goes to the casting, uh, I think, uh, because other people I don't know. Well, I'm sure other actors can do it, but you guys pull this off in such an amazing way that it is, uh, it is just incredible. Um, and so I, I break legs. It plays through December 31st. Um, Chicago Mercury, sorry, Mercury Theater, Chicago.com is where you can get tickets. And, um, I, I, I was there, it was sold out folks. So, you know, this is, this is selling well and is going to do well. And I encourage people not to miss this show. And next time we talk, Andrew, we'll get something a little nice behind you to put on a wall. Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Yeah, Break Thank legs you. every night. I'm just kidding. Break legs every night. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Paul. you. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks, it. Paul.